Welcome back to the Future Self Podcast. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1. The season that I want to have be full of conversations. I want it to be full of discussions. I want it to be expanding for you guys and for myself. I don't want it to just be interviews. I don't want it to just be me asking questions. I want to be asked questions. I want to share my insights like I did in season two, as well as the insights of the fucking unreal guests I'm going to have as well. Season three in the new year, it's 2024. We're not going to really be hitting you with no fucking new year's resolutions. We're just going to be diving deep into a conversation. Now, I want to introduce the guest, which is Alec. Alex, one of my best mates, um, he was my roommate of three years. He's someone that I'm sure will agree that when we first met or initially knew each other as kids, we didn't really get on very well. It was very competitive. Um, we clashed heads quite a lot, but to the strength of that, it's allowed for a friendship I really cherish. It's allowed for him to essentially be my right-hand man when situations are tricky or I'm questioning myself or I'm unsure how to go about things. He's been someone to really help me over the last three years. So, welcome. Yeah, it's great to be here, you know. Um, it's great to be on the pod. You know, I've been watching for a bit now. He's progressed a lot with it from the start. And just to experience being on a pod as well is great. Um, but yeah, to back up what Guy just said, yeah, we, we started off interesting. Like, we both started off hanging out... Um, at like the, we we met through the gym, so I started going to a gym with my friend, and guy went to another gym. But at that time, like seventeen, sixteen, yeah. um, it gym wasn't very a big thing like it is now. Like TikTok, gym is huge for like kids like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Back then, it wasn't a big thing. But me and guy both separately came to it and started loving it a bit randomly, and we went to the same school, so I think that kind of brought it together. <clears throat> so we ended up linking through that and yeah it was kind of like guy said we're both like pretty stubborn with ourselves like both kind of think we're right a lot especially with the gym we thought we we're pretty knowledgeable because we were like kind of ushering in some of our mates and we were kind of like um kind of that flag bearer in our own life but then when we come to each other it's like oh who who has that upper hand yeah, yeah. kind of thing but from that um yeah, I think it's pushed us to learn a lot about each other. Just fast forward like five years from then, there's been a, like a long ride with a lot of different a lot of different points. But I think that that original frame we had with each other has pushed us back and forth, back and forth, but in an upwards motion. So, yeah, it's just cool to be here and just talk a bit about that. Yo, man's a fucking natural, eh? <laughs> no, that's fucking, that's co-host worthy material. <laughs> it's actually really good. Uh, I thought I'd, I'd start this out. Obviously, the initial parts of meeting was important, which we kind of covered fairly quickly. I think the audience I have is quite wide, given it's focused on future self, and that comes in so many different dynamics and approaches and thoughts and, and, and so many different walks of life. But starting the gym at 16, when it's not something that many people do, uh, it's It wasn't something that everyone was doing or looked at to be cool. You were kind of more so isolated, if anything. You might not be able to remember, but what was your driving factor of doing something like the gym back then when you were so young, when it was something that wasn't as common as it is now? Hmm. I've thought back on this quite a bit. Um, I think it was one specific thing, but I... I like ran a lot and did a lot of sport as a kid, but I stopped liking it because I didn't really see, as a lot of kids do, you do something painful and you get something good out of it. I just thought I just want to do something I enjoy. Um, so, if, yeah, from around 12 to 13, I stopped running and doing other sports and um, just kind of gamed since then up until I was like 16, 17. And I just wanted to make a change more just like everyone um, at that age, like a lot of people that age. You're very, it's like a very tumultuous time. You're figuring out a lot about yourself. Your peers are telling you one thing. You're thinking something else and you're trying to combine those things into a cohesive framework. But I just came to the gym and I trialed it. And I actually remember a few people around me telling me, oh, it's not going to last. Like the gym's like, it's boring. Like it's repetitive. Yeah. And I just said, well, I want to try it and give it a go. 
and I went to the gym and the first few days I remember like typical you you're like tr- you're reading the machine instruction yeah, yeah. that it has on every machine but you're like trying to act as though no one's looking at you like like you know what you're doing give it one look give it a go and I don't even remember what happened after that specifically I just remember I kept going back and kept enjoying it and um I think body just the thought of being bigger cuz I was quite skinny I that kind of um matched what I had in my head of just being better like looking better being stronger especially that at that time like no no one was really doing that so it was I think it was just a way to also just differentiate which I can say for me and guy we both like the thought of differentiating being our own people so I think that was a big reason yeah di- differentiation's always been personally for myself a a big thing and not necessarily doing different just for the sake of it because it's different or it's cool to do different but I always hated being in the bulk of the crowd because if you're doing the same as everyone else you'll have the same outcomes as everyone else and I fucking I always hated even from a young kid thinking that I'd be part of the group which is weird now because being an adult I have I work with a really big business of people but such a small friend group and it's something that initially when your kids having a lot of friends is kind of the want or you want to be part of the crowd or fit in, but something I can talk for myself and I'm sure potentially even for you, yeah, wanting to be not part of the bulk of the crowd and be a little bit more independent on your own and doing your own thing. How do you see yourself being different now in, in what you do and, and what you strive to do? Well, to answer that, I th- still think back to that time and I think back to like the gym wasn't a very cool thing or like being jacked, being a bodybuilder. It was kind of looked at as weird because whenever you say it to people they think of like men in bikinis on stage tanned up and that's kind of weird but for me and I think maybe for Guy a little bit as as well it wasn't that us attaching our identity to the gym was going to make us cool but us being devoted to the gym and us not caring about what other people thought about that devotion was going to make like I don't like to use the word cool but was going to differentiate us and that mindset is very similar or definitely forged the one I have now towards the rest of my life with track and uni and work is I really don't mind if anyone else is looking at me and they think what I'm doing is weird or who I am is wrong or whatever it is. Um, I know what the things I'm doing are culminating to create and people like it's, it's the typical thing of like no one really cares or everyone has something to say until you get to a certain point and then suddenly, oh, this is so great. This is awesome. And I always just think of that and I know Guy thinks about that. But in saying that, I don't want to just be like, oh, it's all about me, my opinion, like I don't care what anyone else thinks. I do take into consideration a lot of people's opinions. But those are people like my close friends, like Guy and a few other people and my family and the people I trust because they're the people who know me more than other people and like have seen me change and have seen my faults but seen the best sides of me and it can actually point me in the right direction. So they're who I go to for advice. Um but, but I think those those are the biggest factors. In a non-like call you out way, because I'm definitely happy to express some of my parts um, and experiences with it too. It wasn't always that way. Like the judgments of other people have definitely been something we've taken on in the past, especially strangers or those mates that are part of the group that you're not necessarily close with. Mm. Why and when did you have the transition? Because the transition period between seeming like you don't care and genuinely not caring like it's quite different. It might two people that don't know you one to one. It might look the same, mm. but inside, like, when did you make that actual switch, or how did that switch come about? Definitely wasn't a switch. Okay, it was definitely a long, slow, development. back and forth process. Very different periods, fluctuating periods of feeling good, pushing through, feeling I have no idea what to do, feeling destroyed. Um, but a good part about that, and something that helped me, was living with Guy. So, we've lived together for the past three years. We don't live together anymore, but for three years, we lived together and we just got to see that in each other and help each other. And it it was funny because whenever we talk about these situations with each other, we would kind of find out that we're going through similar stuff, Yeah. just in different circumstances. Like, I'd be like telling him something I'm worried about and he's like, bro, I've been worrying about this too and it's like relates. Um, so that's definitely one thing, but also just to give props to guy, something he's always been great at is, um, is not caring what other people think. Even when we're young, even when we're 17, 
Um, and just watching him navigating that. Uh, at the start, I, was, I found it so impressive because as, especially when you're young, it's so hard not to take other people's opinions critically and seriously because you don't really know a whole lot. But to be able to just trust your own process and see it through, just watching that made me realize, oh, it's definitely possible. That's fucking sick. And um, yeah, that's definitely one thing. It's so interesting like how people can fake to be okay. And we, even when we moved out together to some extent, we would fake being okay until we started like either having big arguments or there was friction in the house or big disagreements. And then as those walls broke down, we slowly learned, like you just said before, that we're experiencing the exact same thing on as a, as a dynamic, but through different experiences. And this is something I say to my clients all the time that when they fucking compare to people in the gym that are shredded or girls wearing more revealing clothing or business owners looking at businesses thinking they're killing it or that real like questioning yourself on if you're good enough or why am I not at the same level as another person. And it's like, you probably fucking are. You just don't know what they're going through. Like mm. I remember I've, I've opened up about this a little bit more, but I used to maybe two years ago sit at the gym staring at my computer for an hour just so people thought I was in it working harder than what I was. Like I remember I would sit there before most trainers even went home. I'd wait till more went home and then I'd genuine, genuinely be like, okay, it's fine to go home now because I've outworked everyone. But I wasn't doing fucking anything productive and that's why people always question themselves but they just don't know the depth of what other people are experiencing because we were the same. I remember like there was times I'd feel flat and I'd look at you and be like, fuck bro, dude's killing it in the gym. Like things are going good. He's feeling himself like, you know, he's having fun. I'm feeling like shitty. But then little did I know you were feeling shitty but weren't really showing it. And Mm -hmm. then vice versa too. You'd look at me and go, fuck bro, you're killing in the business and all of that. And we wouldn't necessarily say it out loud. Mm -hmm. We'd always say it to ourselves quietly but little did you know, I was stressed to fuck about something, experiencing a similar thing to you, but it just didn't look like it on the surface level. Yeah, um, that's that's a very good point. And I just to bring it back to our relationship, I know I keep talking about that, but it's very relevant to this, fuck is we, vo- we both always kind of, I don't know, pride ourselves or work towards being very self-reliant. Um, so like Guy said, like you might see I'm doing okay, when in reality, there's a lot of things I'm worried about. Same as him. People at the gym might think he's killing it, crushing it. But there's always something they don't see that I see because I'm living with him. I'm his friend and we talk a lot about it. So, us coming together and living together really showed, and this just goes with everything you said, the importance of like a solid, trustworthy relationship with a, with a friend or a partner um, that I think both of us underestimated before um, because we just, we can do it ourselves. Like other people are cool. And we have great relationships. I'm not saying that, but it's just like the importance of someone you can really, that can be critical to you. So like a lot of things me and Guy have done, and this has taken a long period of time, of like experiencing things with each other and being around each other just time-wise for a long period of time, um, is we, we're honest with each other, not just honest about supporting each other. But if I think Guy's doing something that I don't think is good, or I think could be done better, I tell him. Not in a way that I think, just because just I want us to both improve because he's a friend and I'm a friend. And he does the same to me. Sometimes I might initially think it and be like, wow, I can't believe you said that or why do he say that? But nine times out of 10, I go away and it hits me. I go, that just resonates. Like it's right. Like I need that other perspective. And um, yeah, just to touch on when you, you're talking about your clients in the gym, like that's just being in your own head. <laughs> like, really thinking, oh, but I'm not there yet or this this other girl's looking great or this other guy's stronger than me. But it's like behind the scenes, like it's, I know it's typical, but you really don't know. Yeah. And they could be, you could be so much more developed in an area they're not, but you just don't know it. And you just see them as better in this one specific area. So the importance of relationships just to keep you level-headed, keep you in touch with reality is like just, yeah, something I've definitely found through Guy and a few other f- close friends. So. I, I fucking, I say it all the time. <clears throat> There's so many people I know that have so many friends, so many friends, and I people look at them like, fuck, they're so popular, but that person has more people talking shit about them and lacking support on them than someone who has a couple really close friends. And I 
always been a proud individual, being able to navigate things on my own, or so I thought. It took a long fucking time for me to become vulnerable with anyone or accept that other people have different perspectives that can be better than the one you have. And I fucking, I learned that through you heaps. Because I remember we used to always compare the same shit, but it wasn't necessarily to our strengths. So we'd compare the gym and it's like, well, you were smaller than what my natural build was. Of course, I'd be stronger initially, but you were faster. We'd compare shit like, um, you know, how hard we're working and, and just the, the general gist of, of, of basic surface level things. But when it came time to our actual strengths, like there's so many parts of you that not that it's a one-to-one comparison all the time where it's about who's better than the other, but you navigate shit so much better than I do in different things. So we kept comparing the shit that wasn't really relevant. It doesn't fucking matter who's stronger. You know, if I'm in a struggle situation and you're a really good support, that's a value of yours, not how strong you are in the gym. Mm. Or, you know, if I'm going through a stressful time and all I need is an outside perspective, like your outside perspective was always something so valid. And like you said before, the importance of a few good relationships, like, fuck, man, I probably have five, five or less. Outside of family, I probably have three or four people that are like, genuine right or die as corny as that sounds but i have their back completely and they have mine that big friend group wanting to be liked by everyone wanting everyone's approval it's just not how it is and i was talking to a few of my girl clients this week and they just felt so held back by not being you know popular or liked by people or not being someone to fit in it's like you don't fucking have to and if you fit in you're doing what everyone else wants you to do and that's going to get you nowhere long term You said something important about highlighting to each other what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. And that was something between our friendship or relationship I really fucking struggled with. I hated it when someone would highlight what I was doing wrong because the arrogant young me, like young me (laughs) way back when, um, just didn't feel like anyone else's advice was better than my own. But it's something I cherish that we had because you'd always highlight shit I wasn't doing right or that we could do better. And initially I fucking hated it. But then afterwards, like you said, you'd sit there and it's fuck like that's such a valid point or I'm only going to become better because of that. The avoidance of uncomfortable conversations is so high nowadays. People are so scared to tread on people's toes or dive into something that's scary or uncomfortable. And I feel like with clients, friends and family, uncomfortable conversations are some of the most progressive things you could fucking do. Yeah, definitely. Like if 16 and 17-year-old guy and Alec can do it, <laughs> I'm telling you, you can do it as well. Like, yeah, it's just um, those situations that they are uncomfortable for a reason and it's because they're very emotional. Um, but you, you never leave those situations without something learnt. Even if you didn't get what you wanted, even if you didn't, get a like we, we've had many discussions where we didn't get our point across and we might it might affect the way we look at each other for the next few days um or even longer sometimes just because we, we just like we couldn't see eye to eye but at some point given enough communication it always comes back and you always once you try and understand each other and you even if you don't you don't push away you don't avoid like you're talking about avoidance you don't avoid you keep trying and you'll always get a breakthrough in the end and you'll always just look at things better. Um, yeah. Do you have a specific example of an uncomfortable conversation we had that ended up being really progressive or, or something worthwhile? Like at the time, it felt so risky because people are so scared to take risks or step into upsetting someone else because like to, to be real with the times nowadays, you have to be so careful with what you say. Like yeah. you can't say something without it pissing someone off. Yeah. But also like humans are very complex and you might say something and because we're more expressive now of what triggers are in traumas and things, mm. you just have to be, you have to tiptoe or be really articulate with how you go about things. And I know that working with people one-to-one, I'm very precise in how I mention things because I want the full scope of the answer not just the emotional reaction if it, if it triggers them yeah. but something between us can you recall on anything that you were nervous about bringing up at the start but it ended up being really progressive yeah so i'll speak generally and then i might go more specific um with us i i think the most contentious things that are always would arise 
Well, anything to do with our personalities, like anything towards with who we are as people, that would always trigger us because it's something we both try and work on and really value. So when the other person would point something out and point a fault, whether it was there or not, I think our natural reaction was to defend before we even consider it. Like before we even think about what it was, defend. And that's from both of us. Um, so that definitely took some time. And that was very very much like oil and water in the beginning. But um, definitely the way we got through that was exactly what you just said, which was proper articulation and saying things carefully. Not being... being You can be blunt, but being blunt and not just like blurting things out. I don't know how to put it, but just, yeah, choosing your words carefully and just... Um, I would say a good way to do that is bring up one small part of the aspect you're talking about and ask for a response. So if ever I wanted to talk about something with Guy that I knew he might not want to hear or not want to talk about, I would bring up one small aspect of it and then ask for his opinion and then see how he talks back and then based on his his response, ask another question because then they feel included and they don't feel like you're just talking to them or down on them depending on what you're talking about. But. Yeah, so to, to make a point of what we are talking about, it's just it's just not to like you don't have to go through your life people pleasing. You don't have to go through it always just being the person that you feel everyone else wants you to be. Like that's so fucking lonely long term and it's gonna be really it's like the cliche of the popular kid in high school. Like they're the man in high school, like in the American movies. And they are the way that everyone wants them to be. And then once you leave into the fucking real world, they're not really anything. So call it cliche or corny, but being true to yourself, having a group of people that you can really get vulnerable with and really lean on is important because you're living self-aligned to your goals and values. So it'll always be rewarding long-term. It'll always work out long-term. Just add one last point on that. Um, yeah, because you're talking about avoidance before you're talking about clients in the gym and people you've talked to. They're really trying to become confident or there's something they're trying to overcome. Um, and that's just essentially achieving better independence. But it's funny. You don't do that by being more independent all the time. You can do it through conversing with a friend. So definitely I can speak on myself with close friends. Doing things on your on, on your own in those times where no one believes in you or no one is supporting you, that's very important. But in terms of when other people are judging you, other people are talking to you, if you've already discussed these things you're being judged on with a close friend you trust, it's so much easier to fend it off. Because like I've talked about this with someone who knows me. Like you don't know this situation. It's so much easier to not be um, impacted by that when you're working through it with someone, whether it can be professional help like a psychologist or something or it can be a close friend. And in turn, it's like kind of reciprocal, like you become more independent, better at talking with your friends, better at fending off other people. And that just builds. And the more we've lived together, the more like I just try and push deeper in that. And Guy's definitely been someone to look up to in in that domain, just like trusting in yourself and trusting in your belief when you know you've worked hard to create it. To fucking hell, I love the little add-on aspects, but adding like... A lot of, I I feel like people would sit there and think, well, I get it, like have a close few friends and and things get a little bit better, be a bit more vulnerable. But some people struggle to build friendships. Not everyone feels like they have that group around them. And the advice I would give to that is focus on yourself first, align your life to be true to your values, and you will start to attract people that fit within the person you're wanting to be. Like I have clients who, because they're all somewhat a part of me and they all have like, I I feel like there's a part of my personality in each person I work with because alignment's a really big thing. They started with minimal friends or just a group of friends they didn't align with and now they like roommates with fucking two of my clients became roommates because they were so aligned with that group or, you know, they become really close friends. And that's why I always say, if you keep following what the crowd of friends that you don't really like is doing, it's just going to be a consistent cycle and battle. If your group of friends are always talking shit and always going out clubbing and you catch yourself feeling FOMO or lonely, so you catch up with them, you all talk shit and then you go out clubbing, like you're not going to be able to access what we're talking about. Like that, that, that depth of connection with that person comes from sticking true to your boundaries. And I feel like we're so aligned on so many things and that's why we can relate on 
so many different things. A little bit left of field now, but what's life been like moving out of home? We lived together three years very close. Like we experienced, I would feel like some of the most intense teenage, young adult based things together. Now we've split. We're actually in the stew, which was going to be your bedroom initially, but you know, yeah, things change and we go in different routes. What's it been like? Not that we're not as close or not that we're uh, not as accessible to each other, but what's the experience been like for you moving back home? Like moving away from a relationship where we were very reliant in terms of like helping each other and, and always being there for one another, now being a little bit more distance and spaced apart. What's that been like for you? Um, Definitely a much easier transition because of what Guy just said, because of we went through so much together and- We definitely have been through, I would say, for both of us, the most like some of the most emotional times in our lives, just being young male adults, just navigating so many new things. Like stuff just was always popping up, stuff was always changing, but we we always could relate it to each other. But moving back home now, we've just, I don't know, we both set up um, who we are as people the best we can. Like there's always so much to improve. But for the for the for the position we're in now, our age, what we're doing, I'm very proud, not satisfied of where we are and where we're moving. So moving back home, taking a back step, kind of to step forward, um, kind of save more money, work on my studies more, work on my track more, has really helped. And that would have wouldn't have been something I could do a year or two ago. I felt like I needed to be out doing my own thing, um, but now it's like I'm just yeah, I'm a lot more comfortable with who I am. Um, a lot more confident with what I've worked through and where I'm going, and just yeah, my, my vision's a lot clearer. So it hasn't been too um, too much different, but yeah, definitely hung with you less. But me and I are the type of people where no matter where we are, it could be a year, two years, we'd always come back and just be the exact same after like ten seconds. So yeah, it's the, the yeah. best type of friendships in in my eyes. Definitely. What are I fucking I wish I could throw up a photo, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do that to you. But just of you two years ago because it's mm. so drastically different. Yeah. Why do you feel like you can come on a podcast and share personal things now? Yeah, that's a good question. For yeah, for some of the reasons I've touched on earlier, I just I just it sounds so apathetic, but I just don't care anymore. It's not like I don't care about anything. But like if someone were to judge anything I said today or think it's not true or send it to a mate on Instagram. I my first response is just laughter. I just find it funny because I think about the actions they're doing, like they're critiquing me for talking on this podcast where guys influencing so many people, and we're talking about our friendship. And I know so many people are gonna love this because um, they're gonna relate to a lot of this stuff. And that I think about all that, and then I think about the people who are judging and talking about it, or potentially, and it just makes me laugh. So, um, clip it. <laughs> clip it <laughs> clip it and ship it no that makes it um so much easier but yeah just to add another thing I, I wonder what yeah why it wasn't like that before or why i might not be able to do this like a few years ago or so <clears throat> is i was worried about that and because i would have considered other people's opinions as very important who i was as a person and we've both been in those situations before where um we act like we're our own people, but we, we consider other people's opinions very seriously because we care about the image we're building and we think that's very important to it. And it definitely has a role to play, but not when it's people you don't know or people that have seen you once. It's like they really don't know you and um, that's just their first impression. So, I think that's why. I want to be careful with how I say this because fucking studying psychologist over there. So, I just got to be careful with how I solidify like the comments, but This is why I get so passionate about future self and showing up for yourself and change for people with non-chemical, you know, lacking or increase-based, you know, anxiety or or worry, Um, people that more so lifestyle factor chosen depressions and things like that. It's been three years. I've seen him change so fucking much in three years. It's wild. And this is why... I've spent so much time fucking crying about it and talking about it and just pulling my hair out over the the fact that like things can change whenever you want them to and things can always be different. Like some of my biggest depressions have been over the past three years when we were living together and I'm, I'm 
I know for you. I'm, I can speak for you because I fucking I was there. I, I know it. <clears throat> but now look at it. It's like we're sitting back on a couch, chilling. We have goals and motives of what we want. We're passionate about the sports we do, the careers we're taking. Not that we're happy all the time and not that our relationship is perfect and we're trying to say you need to be like us, but shit can always change. And this is why it's, I always find it so upsetting when people are held back by others or they live their life through the lens of just anxiety or they fall deeper and deeper into things like depression because they feel like change isn't possible or they feel like they're unable to fucking do different things and you and I are both a showcase of that. Like, the f- yeah, I fucking, bro, the, the U of three years ago comparative to now is ridiculous. You too. <laughs> yeah. No, I love to hear that and I really appreciate that. We've talked about this a lot together, but you too. And I think one strong word that wraps up a lot of that is attitude. So, no matter how down we were, or how apathetic we were, or how much we just had no motivation to do anything, but then suddenly we were doing something. In those three years, we always wanted to be better. That's the one common denominator me and Guy always had. That, <clears throat> yeah, something important you said is it's not like we're just happier than we were before, or like suddenly there's roses. It's just like we just know things are going to pass, and we know. We're going to find a way to get through them, even if we don't see it immediately. And that comes with just coming through so many roadblocks over and over and over again. But if your attitude changes and you think you can't do it and you really believe things aren't worth it, well, then you can't really be helped there. Um, people can push you, but the decision's always yours. Whereas we've always held an attitude. And I think this has just been like a feedback loop between both of us. I can definitely say from my point of view, watching Guy has improved this in me is just even if things are hard, like there is always a way. And if you hold that attitude or just try and keep it majority of the time, like there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel because you're creating it. So yeah, looking at watching a guy navigate his business, navigate the gym, navigate people critiquing him forever, <laughs> literally since I've known him, has been like a huge factor that showed me it's, it's always possible. <clears throat> it's funny how simple but how complex that situation is. Like realistically changing your attitude could be a choice you make overnight like yeah i'm not a big advocate for that type of motivation like the david goggins fucking get up make your bed and go for a run like i know things can be more complex than that but they also can be just that simple like it's it's such a balanced scale of how you you view it and people say things to me all the time i'm not able to i can't and the people I work with one-to-one, I see that turnaround all the time. So many people, when I do a session or sessions with them in a intense, full coaching, like in-depth um, dynamic, they always say, I can't this, this, and this. And now they're fucking, they've graduated on from training with me. They're off doing their own thing. It's like, you can. And you, you had the same ability to can, like you had the same ability to make those changes, but the attitude just wasn't there. And you can't, use the excuse of I can't or I'm unable to if you want change to make pla- uh, to take place. Like you can validate it. I can't can validate why you can't do something, but it changes fucking, it's not going to change anything for you. It's not going to, yeah, it's not going to do anything for you. I don't know if you're comfortable to talk about this or not, but like the reliance on friends and having that that group of friends I was talking about before, not that, that I wasn't talking about you. There was other people I had in mind, but I remember a big challenge for you was navigating friends and slowly learning because I was always like cutthroat in the sense of if someone fucked me over, like I very rarely went back to that. I just cut it off instantly, which is I, something I see in you now. Like you don't let people cross you or disrespect you, which is it's it's fucking amazing to see because no one has the right to make you feel shit if you're trying to do the right thing or, or be right by you. What was the transition like? And this is a fuck. This is a hard question to ask because you you're, you're going to be put on the spot. But what was the transition like between going from taking back people who like crossed you or caring so much about having the friendship group to how you are now? Like you have a small group of friends, but like some fucking real good ones. Can you boil down to a, a short kind of few sentences or whatever what that transition was like from that to how it is now? Or is that too hard? Uh, I'll try. So, well, the, the trigger was definitely exposure. Yeah. More exposure 
um, to different people, treating you differently, finding out more about people. Just, I want to talk about exposure to experience after this, if you can remember, because I don't want to forget. Yeah, I'll try and remember. Um, but yeah, I'll speak of myself about that. So Guy brought up a very good point. And I definitely used to be subconsciously, like I wouldn't consciously think this, but it, it showed in the way I acted. <clears throat> I thought if, if I'm giving a friend a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of trust and a love or whatever, they're just going to give it back. That's just how I acted and it, it worked for me. But, you know, you, you encounter certain situations where you get surprised, where you find out what people haven't told you or find out different things and it changes you. And it was, it was a rough time um, because then I became very sensitive to disrespect for a little bit and Guy definitely received some of that. Is I interpret a lot of things he was doing as why are you trying to disrespect me? Why are you trying to look over me? Well, he wasn't changing anything. It was just I was reacting to certain things um, and that, that, that caused some problems, but we worked through that. Um, but the changes that's made in me now, long-term, so this was a while ago, and th- this is a constant thing. It's not just one thing. You constantly get exposed to different situations and different people. Um, but one of the best things that changed in me is it showed me to really look at who I'm being friends with and really look at who I'm spending my time with because the time's so important. And something Guy always talks about and was talking about a lot in this pod is um, having close friends you trust. Have a lot of friends. Have a lot of people you talk to. You're always going to be out in the world talking to a lot of people. That's not going to change. But just have a few people that you really trust and you distinguish them. And you, yeah, you really you really um, grow those connections. And um, that definitely changed a lot of things and helped with that specifically with me. It's so interesting. I feel like two of the most... <clears throat> independent teenagers i know you and me there's obviously people more than us but that i know but the common theme in this pod still has been the right people around you like it doesn't matter how independent you are and i'm i'm someone from my past experiences of childhood and 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 my father and things like that i've always felt the i'll be okay regardless which i still do feel and believe that but that doesn't mean that like it doesn't mean that the people around you are less important. Like friendships, I now know and truly do feel in, inside myself that they're so fucking important. Like the alignment doesn't even have to be friends. Actually, I think it's just the alignment of people, whether that yeah. is friends, family, uh, coaches, PTs, whether it's mentors, psychologists, anything. I think just when you have the right people around you that are rooting for you, but not rooting for you in the sense of being a consistent enabler, like no matter what you're doing, go you, yes, you, you're doing the right thing. Like someone that will call you out, um, call you on your shit, someone that will humble you, hype you up, all of that. It's so, so fucking important. So it doesn't matter if you have 10 of them, five of them or, or one of them because I only have like two or three, but I feel like that's it's really fucking important. The point I wanted to make before, which I, I cut you off, was the exposure to experience. I feel like when you're going to do new things or you're trying to progress whatever it is you're doing you're in a win-win situation regardless like there'd been arguments where i I don't really care to share this and i'm sharing it on your part arguments where we've fucking like cried or like really heated arguments and haven't talked for days that feel really regressive at the time there's been um you know, things we get embarrassed by from what we've changed or, you know, being shut down, but it's always worked out long-term. And I'm such a long-term advocate. To plug this, I wrote fucking, there's a whole chapter in the in the book that I launched called Long-Term because I feel like the importance of the long-term vision, it's so fucking crucial. Things can feel regressive at the time, but if you trust it enough and you have enough willpower, it will work out if you work hard towards it. Because there's so many times we could look at arguments being regressive, or losing a bunch of friends being regressive or being looked at differently from, you know, people from what we're doing being regressive. And it's all temporary regression, but long-term it works out to be some of the most fucking progressive building blocks out of all. Such such good points. Um, definitely builds a narrative for a lot of the things we've talked about with each other over the years. And one thing Guy has definitely... Um, exhibited very strongly in regards to everything you just said is if you want something bad enough everything just sheds off all the all the lies all the judgment all your your own insecurities or or yeah all the all the roadblocks you have 
all the issues you have with your family, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It can be anything. If you want something bad enough continuously over and over again, you get up and you try to push towards it. Everything eventually sheds off. And yeah, just wanted to say that. But one more thing about the friends. You mentioned a very good point because we've talked a lot about having a good support network. It can be professional. It can be friendly. It can be family. It can be whatever. But that does not mean an echo chamber of positive affirmation. That's not good. So people who are like, yeah, like you're doing great when you're not or like keep going like you're like you're going to get there eventually but like not tell them what they're doing wrong and then they just keep you know what I mean like there needs to be both there needs to be support but you have to prove to them by explaining what's going on in their life and why you think that's happening um, to push them even more because if people believe what you're saying and you can provide proof then they're going to be more motivated than if you just say keep going good job so yeah I fuck with that that's something I um, I've really learned to do a lot because it's literally part of my business. And I've always been like that with friends. Like if I feel like they could level up or even um, partners like my partner, Maddie, gets it from me a little bit with me calling her out on things that, you know, I, anyone else who doesn't really give a shit would hype up. And I feel like if you have someone who consistently hypes you up and you're not someone who is doing the right things or things the best you could i actually don't think that friend has the right motive like realistically if you're doing the wrong things and someone's hyping you up you could dare say that they're hyping you up because they know it's regressive and if you take it to a primal uh primal time frame that that then makes them better than you so they seem like a good friend but just throwing it back a few fucking thousand years that they're just doing what you've been designed to do of being the best of the pack or mm. being the best of the tribe. It, it, it's, it's obviously situational. Like there's been times where I'll hype someone up nonstop because that instills a bit of self-belief and then they feel capable. So it's def- definitely situational. And I feel like if you're a good person and you care about the individual, there's always motive behind what you do. But yeah, man, like I've called you out on so many things before and it's been not liked initially always, but it always works out. And that's the same with me. Like there's been so many times you've called me out on what I'm doing or how I did it or what I could do better. And at the time, it's a vulnerable punch like, oh, fuck. Or it's a heated emotion of, nah, fuck you. Like you can't say that about me or what I need to progress. But in silence, I always took it on. And now I've learned to just, when someone says something, don't emotionally react to this it's a podcast episode of the future, the difference between like logical and emotional reaction. But yeah, don't emotionally react initially because that's how we used to. It always used to be, like you said in the start of the episode, defensive. But now you could say something like, yo, the point you just made shit and it's, I'm not going to get instantly defensive. It's like, oh, okay, fair. And then think about it. It's like, yeah, okay, I could actually worded it better. I could have done it differently. Given we're on a platform of a really big audience, 150 subscribers or whatnot. It's going to be much more soon. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to touch on? Anything you want to tell my audience, um, a point, a thought, a question to me, like anything that you, you want to express at all? Um, oh, this is going to sound, I don't know. The first thing that came to mind is just, it relates to everything we've been talking about is just keep going, like just just keep doing what you're doing, even if it seems futile. Just keep pushing on. Like, yeah, me and Guy have had, like he said, many moments with each other. And just to touch on what you were talking about at the start of that point, the start you were talking about, um, like the echo chamber and gassing up people. And when we first started hanging out, we've talked about this before. If we saw the other person was did something really well or did a few things that were really well, we would not gas each other up too much about it. Because we, we still wanted to feel like we had an upper hand. I know it sounds so toxic, but this is what being honest does. And like, like I don't care. Um, yeah, we would have times where like, I know he's doing heaps of good stuff. And I'm like, damn, he's really killing this. But I'm not going to gas him up too much about it. Because I want to still feel like I'm killing it. It's so fake. <laughs> but like, yeah, over time, like we whistle that down. And I got to give props to both of us. Because both of us still to this day, I can if we didn't move out. Um, we don't know what would have happened, but just... We could have just still been those, it's just me or my way or the highway. We're going to push forward. We're going to do it our own way. But we allowed each other in. And I know for you, that was very hard. I know for me, in mm. certain ways, it was hard. But we, I think what, why we did that is we saw that it'd be worth it in the end. And I, I've said this to Guy before. We weren't even really close friends when we moved out together. We kind of 
had a hiatus where we didn't really like each other. Um, guy got brought back into one of my friend groups through like a mutual friend. And we started hanging out again through that. And like, yeah, people were so surprised when we moved out, moved out together. Like, you're not even that close friends. But I always say to Guy, I just knew it would be a good idea because yeah. I knew it would be challenging because our relationship was always challenging with each other. But I knew I was like, if, if I'm with Guy, if we move out together, he's going to be someone that's going to push me to be better just indirectly, just by being around him. And I wanted to be that for him too in certain ways. Like, in talking about this kind of stuff, I love talking about it and I'm very interested in it. So... Like, I thought if I could do that for him and he can definitely do that for me because he loves it too. And he's got so much experience with it, with clients and things of that nature. So, yeah, just just keep going. I don't know. Just keep going and looking for the light in these different things we've talked about. Well, that's fair. It uh, throws back to what I was saying before, the long-term vision. Like, if you genuinely want something and you just keep it at the front focus of your mind, it you will just, like, you'll just push through to it. So... There's been times like I can't necessarily tell you what my end goal is, but I know my direction of where I want to go. And if you're feeling stuck or lost or you you don't know what to do, like just pick a direction or, or picture a version of yourself that you want to be in the future and work towards it. Because it doesn't matter how fucking long it takes. Like three years in, the person or three years in, I'm saying this from how long we lived together, the person I was when I left um, home to the person I am now in my own home it's so different and I'm not yet uh, the person I want to be, but it's just been heading on that direction nonstop. And there's been so many regressive times. Like I mentioned before, my biggest depression within that three years, feeling like it's fuck, like fuck it all. Like fuck it all in the sense of I can't be bothered to keep progressing the way I am. Like it's too hard and all of this, but you persevere through it. You get back on the long-term vision and you continue like heading in that direction. I feel like, I don't really want to sum up the podcast or wrap it up in the sense of saying long-term direction, you need friends and you need that. Um, but that, they're kind of like the foundations of these years, especially in my eyes, you know, the the teen to early um, adult years. I feel like people could definitely look at, you know, our relationship and think, fuck, like that's kind of toxic or, you know, you guys have a different friendship. And I truly feel like if you are friends with someone and it's always good, there's never discussion. There's never the back and forth. There's never the calling out, the hyping up. Like that might not be as true of a friendship as you think. Like I definitely feel like ours is so real. Like I'll support you till fucking whenever um, and I've got your back through everything, but I'll also call you out. I'll also tell you, yeah, I think you could do this better. And some people might think, fuck it, I want a friend that's that real with me. It's like, well, you won't ever have that real of a connection. Like even the competitiveness at the start, I feel like it's always been something that's ended up good. It might sound toxic to go, oh, I never wanted to gas him up too much, but it resulted good. You're not gassing me up too much, made me want to made me want to work harder and then working harder and then us working on our relationship and our friendship. Then we ended up gassing up each other on small shit now, going, fuck, bro, you're killing it in that, that, and that because of the self-confidence aspects and progressions and things. I'll give you one last chance if there's anything else you want to say before I wrap up season three, episode one launch. Um, yeah, what's what's any last points or comments you want to make? One thing I'll just say before I say that is it's been great. And I think we've touched on touched on a lot of things that can help a lot of people because, yeah, we, we've kind of given a good frame of our relationship and the time period, but also given you indicators as try not to think of it this way, try not to think of it that way, not that we want you to think of it a certain way. And speaking on that, I want you guys to not look at that and be like, oh, well, they had a purpose. That's That was their pillar to pull forward through hard times. They saw the light at the end of the tunnel always. That could not be further from the truth. Mm. I can speak on myself. Not for sure. Throughout, ever since I left school, I never had a why of for doing anything. I was I, I would try and read more books. I would try and do more things and was really trying to rack my brains about it. And it caused me problems, um, so many problems. But like I said before, the attitude of I knew I wanted to be better. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I would try and envision different things and it would always change, especially when you're young. It's always changing. But I knew I wanted to be better. And you might say, well, everyone wants to be better. No, but I really believed it. Yeah. And I really believe that's what I wanted to do and spend my time doing. And I'm not saying I know everything I want to do now. I definitely don't. But the clarity I have from now 
compared to back then is so different. And it was not because I had one thing I wanted to do. It was just, I generally knew I wanted to be a better person. And like I said before with Guy, one thing that I saw in him was you want something bad enough, everything's going to eventually shed off and it's always going to keep pushing forward. No matter how long the times might be where you don't see where you're going or you don't see the light, if you hold that want, you'll, you'll push through. Um, so, yeah, that's just one thing. I nah, I, I, I fuck with that. I really appreciate you coming on. I think like we mentioned it initially, you were going to be in the first season, but I feel like it's timed really well you opening season three. I feel like it's come at the right time with where we're at in our relationship, um, with where we're at in our own lives. And, and yeah, things always happen for a reason. So, you know, I have that tatted on my wrist for a reason. But yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. I think you, the wisdom you share is good. And I think it's it's just nice and refreshing to share a real dynamic and a real relationship. And some of the things that I don't think anything was too over the top and I don't think anything was too um, holy fuck, but it's just, it's refreshing at times, hopefully for you guys to just go fuck like that is how things are or that is, you know, that's a good point or fuck you, you boys were navigating the things that like I've experienced myself. So yeah, man, fucking, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Of course, uh, anyone who's watching on YouTube, big love to you because it is a big part of the editing process. Anyone who's tuning in on Spotify, listening in their car, on a walk, making a bit of background noise throughout the day, I appreciate you just as much. I mentioned the book that I have. I'm going to leave the link to that in the description. It's the Insight Guideline for Living for Your Future Self. It is the complete guideline towards the things I do with everyone one-to-one and it's just a a fucking soul written book that I'm really proud of so if you want to check that out I'll link it in the bio I'll link my man's fucking Instagram down in the description too so if you want to blow him up or ask him some questions or whatnot then you can do so but I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate you guys tuning in I will see you in episode two oh man how's So before I wrap up season one, <laughs> dude, the way you said it's so crisp as well. <laughs> <laughs>